Dear Church family, we continue with our Bible study series on the evils of feminism, the evils of feminism. Today we've looked at the history of the feministic movement in three overviews, looking at the early roots of feminism and its corrupt root, as it were, right through to our present age within the waves of feminism. We've also considered the particulars, gone into uh, the particulars of feminism, starting with birth control and contraception, and we looked, looked at last time public education, feminist influence on public education. This evening I'd like for us to consider feminist influence upon the dating culture that is so prevalent within our society, within families, within churches, which has really perverted God's design in getting to the marriage altar safely as a Christian and biblically as a Christian. Friends, there, there are few things more important than our children and God's people marrying safely in the Lord. Outside of the gospel, of course, itself, and one's own personal salvation. Do we marry? Surely is amongst the next biggest issues in the Christian life. Because really this will affect uh, our children going forward. It will affect our children's children. And so who our children marry will, will have such uh, widespread consequences. And so as ever, let us begin our study with the Word of God. It says in Romans 12 2, And be not conformed to this world, but be transformed by the renewing of your mind, that you may prove that what is that good and acceptable and perfect will of God. Romans 12 2. The inspired writer says, Be not conformed to this world. We as Christians must not be conformed to this world's way of thinking and this world's way of doing. We must be transformed by the faith that God has so wrought in our heart by the Holy Spirit and have confidence in the Word of God and walk by faith in God's promises and in His Word. That is to, to be in God's will, isn't it? And dearly beloved, once again, it is not my intention at all to label guilt upon anyone here or who will come to listen to today's sermon. I myself have very much been deceived in the dating culture and has wrought havoc in my life, especially in my early life. It is my intention, however, to shed light, biblical light, on whether dating or even Christian dating is even biblical. Dating, we know from previous studies, is a direct byfruit, isn't it, of feminists' push for birth control, for the pill, as it were. They demanded, did they not, sexual liberation. And they got it. And the floodgates, really, the floodgates opened up, didn't it? The boundaries, the fences which God put in place, as it were, that those checks, for society, for families, for churches, those boundaries to keep people 
that in the way, the righteous way, were, were tra trampled upon. Those deterrents, marriage, as it were, and children, I say that obviously as protection in the confines of marriage, and children, well, those floodgates of sin were open, weren't they? It says in 1 Corinthians 7, 1 through 2, Now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, it is good for a man not to touch a woman. Nevertheless, to avoid fornication, let every man have his own wife, and let every woman have her own husband. Notice two things that the Apostle, the apostle is saying here to the Corinthians. Uh, that they had a concern, firstly, for these things, didn't they? they it says, now concerning the things whereof you wrote unto me, they had a, con a concern of purity here for the Lord. Notice, secondly, that the emphasis here is upon gaining a wife or a husband, not a girlfriend or a boyfriend playing the dating game, or a partner, uh, or a date for the night. No, no, no. This is gaining something special, a wife, a husband. The, the partner, the girlfriend game, the, the dating game, these things are so shallow, aren't they? And transitory. We read in, we read in 1 Thessalonians 4, 3 through 5 earlier. For this is the will of God, even your sanctification, that you should abstain from fornication, that every one of you should know how to possess his vessel in sanctification and honour, not in the lust of concupiscence, covetousness, lust for thinking, even as the Gentiles which know not God. What is the Apostle's concern here, dear beloved? It is purity, isn't it? It's holding one's self in self-control and sanctification and, and purity of life. How are you going to, to have that purity in life, especially as a young person? How are you going to have that purity as a young person in life? Well, one of the key ways is for a true Christian in getting to the marriage altar biblically, safely in the Lord. And the, and the Lord provides protection, scripturally, all throughout that process. We read earlier of Abraham's concern, did we not, for Isaac in this respect, right at, right at the, the end of his days, in Genesis 24. And this, of course, had in mind, as we know, God's redemptive plan, that the Saviour would come through the seed of Isaac and, and right through to Christ's coming. But it also, dear friends, had the, the biblical principle here as well for us. That true Christians, born-again believers, uh, should only marry in the Lord. They should only marry other true Christians, be equally yoked in marriage. And those who are over them, parents, ministers, leaders, they should take great care in making sure of this. And looking out for their souls in this respect. In fact, right throughout the whole of the scriptures, both Old and New Testaments, the Word of God takes great care to emphasize this very fact. You shall not give your daughters and your sons to the Canaanites, as it were, to those who will be hostile against the faith. 
uh, unless they turn, but turn them away from God. And so we Christians must understand that dating, even if you put the word Christian before it, is far removed from what God wants because it simply violates too many truths found in God's holy word. I heard that the first occurrence of the term dating uh, itself uh, occurred in American literature was in 1896 and which referred to a date with a prostitute. And as mentioned previously, much carelessness is justified in this respect in most churches today in the name of cultural pragmatism. Well, these things are just pragmatic. These things get us to the goal quicker, as, as it were. Uh, which cultural pragmatism really is the sleeping pearl against saving faith in God's word and promises. It puts to sleep living by faith in God's word and in his promises. What we try to do with dating in the church of Jesus Christ is what many Many churches practice today with contemporary music, don't they? We take rap music and hip-hop music and uh, many other types of worldly music and their rhythms and their beats and their drums and their guitars and we say it's Christian and because it's got a dash of truth, biblical truth in it, so we call it Christian. Well, we know, don't we, the destructive results of this contemporary music. That the, the many professions of faith that are brought out of it are so shallow. And that the word of God uh, does not have a preeminence. And it's the same, isn't it? Dating dear friends within churches is, is not much different. We try to take a cultural phenomenon, a typically an, an American cultural phenomenon, a Western phenomenon, like dating, born out of feminist drive for sexual liberation, to detach oneself from the family and the home, and we call it Christian dating. And there's nothing Christian about it at all. I remember as a young Christian, there was a, a camping party um, come to a church on one Lord's Day. This was many, many years ago. And this big camping party came to the church I was at. It must have been 34 young people, young teenagers, uh, well, older teenagers, and uh, I remember the young ladies with short, very short miniskirts coming in, cleavage showing, and the young men uh, uh, draping over them, and, and, and it, it, there's a spirit, the spirit amongst these young people, uh, and the way they conducted themselves in God's house. Um, was so unchaste, so unholy. As a young Christian, I struggled to concentrate in the sermon because of all the lewdness, really, that was happening. And these were children of reformed, reformed teachers. They were from other churches. And uh, I remember afterwards speaking to one of the Christian parents, and he was saying, Oh, my, my, this daughter is dating this one and my son's dating this other person. And I, there was a, a, 
a cringing in my spirit. There's something not right here. I couldn't quite put my finger on it. But I knew there's something, there's something not quite right happening here. Friends, it is high time for the Church of Jesus Christ to hear the Word of God in this respect and to take account of God's unchanging standards. The promiscuity and unchaste spirit of the dating culture has infiltrated many churches. doesn't matter what denomination you're in. One can hardly find a young, chaste person who desires to keep their heart pure for the Lord up until the marriage altar, as it were, and pure for their husband or their wife in the Lord. The Bible, without apology, condemns the fleshly, sensual, worldly spirit of the dating culture, which, e which even if the, the word Christian is put before it, it declares that premarital sex, extramarital sex, is evil, and anything that encourages this activity should be shunned, as it were. And the dating culture does exactly that. In the mid-1960s, about 5% of all single women lived with future husbands. 5%. By the 1990s, about 70% were cohabiting prior to marriage. That 5% to 70% floodgates of sin have been open, haven't they? Now, I mean, I dread to think what that percentage is now. Probably close to 100%. Feminists have managed to convince most Christian leaders and parents that birth control is fine. To prevent life from coming into this world is fine. And as a result, that secular education is okay. And as a result, the, the dating around culture is okay. It is, it, it is as if the devil of cultural pragmatism is whispering into our ears, saying, did God really say for you to be, for you to be fruitful and to multiply? But rather saying, well, you must put in place family planning and prevent life from happening. Did God really say for you to train up your children in the way that they should go? And when they're older, they will not depart from it. Or did he, did he say, well, no, um, you can leave and let your, the training go to those who are hostile against the faith for the greater part of the day. And did God really say in Genesis 2.24, Therefore shall a man leave his father and his mother, and shall cleave unto his wife, and they shall be one flesh. Did he not say you can have a girlfriend or a boyfriend and you can date around for a while? Until, until God chooses that one? Did he, not say, did he not say that? Friends, if words have any meaning nowadays in our society, especially God's words, God has standards, and we would do well to listen and take those standards on board, despite being called legalists, or some other name that shuts down conversation. People may mock us, for not going along with the dating culture. Even Christians, many, may pressurize us to give up biblical convictions and standards. But God's truths, dear friends, are far too precious to do this. When God's truth confronts the culture, we must get a tight grip by faith upon God's word and graciously and humbly demonstrate it to a blind culture. We can all be deceived. Christians can be deceived in many things. And we should 
We shouldn't be careful lest we think we stand, lest we, when we fall. We can all be deceived. The hormone high of the ungod ungodly dating spirit has wrought havoc within our families and within the churches of Jesus Christ. It tramples over the boundaries that God has put in place and raises false expectations that can cheat and defraud a brother or sister in Christ. Christian violates the principle of being a one-woman man and a one-man woman. 2 Corinthians 11, 2 says, For I am jealous over you with a godly jealousy, for I have espoused you to one husband, that I may present you as a chaste virgin to Christ. Christ does not treat us in the way that the dating culture treats us. Does he? He's jealous over us. He doesn't want our hearts to be divided, as it were, uh, with him and, and other things around other gods, other people. Uh, he wants us all to himself, as it were, chaste and uh, keeping pure to him. A person is not loving one person one day and then a few months later loving another person another day and then a few years after that loving another person. This, friends, is practice for divorce, isn't it? That's what dating is. It's practice. You learn all the things that you don't want to like about that person, all their faults, we all have faults. You're looking for perfection that doesn't exist. It encourages the thrill of the chase, as it were, and a flirtatious spirit. And, and often we see that same flirtatious spirit and the thrill for the chase being brought into marriages, even Christian marriages. Whether you are married or you're single, to accommodate lustful passions, wrong affections, fantasies of someone that legally, in God's eyes, does not belong to you, it's sinful, isn't it? Christ and his words must be our first love. We must not grow lukewarm and cold and have covetous hearts in this respect. 2 Corinthians 10.5 says that we should be casting down imaginations and every high thing that exalted itself against the knowledge of God and bringing, every, and bringing it into captivity every thought to the obedience Christ. Beloved, I know we are living in a very insecure uh, time. I know that the systems are, are broken. The foundations are crumbling. We, we, I know, we, we know all these things. That we're living in a broken culture. But we still believe, do we not? We can do all things through Christ. That strengthens us. If we hold on by faith to His ways. Friends, the dating culture undermines Biblical security for women. Does it not? And it promotes insecurity within women and men for that for that, that matter, especially emotionally as well. When Christ saves any poor lost sinner, he gives them he gives them assurance, long-term security, long-term eternal salvation. I give unto them eternal life, and they shall never perish, neither shall any man pluck them out of my hand. This is long-term security. And that's what we see in the Holy Scriptures. A father's headship, a 
and looking after his daughters, his sons, as it were. And, and, and father looking after their daughters, purity and that side of things, until the time comes to pass on that headship to a husband, as it were. There's security right throughout, isn't there? It's not saying, well, I'm going to let you go when you're 18, let you go off to the wolves, learn how to you know, do what you want in, in, in life, as it were. Jump, you know, you've got to try to do these things for yourself. It's such the, the ways of the world, that, that philosophy. You know, you've got to learn out these things for yourself. As we jump in the fire and find out it's hot. This is, this is such the world's philosophy and thinking. It's so opposite to what the Bible teaches. And so we see, dear friends, that as a father looks after and gives security to his daughter right through to the time that by faith God brings uh, his Isaac, as it were, his best, as it were. And it's a matter of faith, isn't it? It's a matter of walking by faith. This, this is the whole point. We're not supposed to have everything easy, are we? In every trial in the Christian life, it's a matter of faith. We're proven that we, we walk by faith. Dating portrays the value of finding the godly wife. Proverbs 31.10 Who can find a virtuous woman? For her price is far above rubies. She's precious. Uh, dating cheapens a godly young woman, doesn't it? It defrauds her, as it were. And God is the revenger of those who carry on in such sins. The dating spirit encourages compatibility based on physical appearance and beauty and handsomeness and body and talents and fitness and carnal instincts and worldly vanities. The dating spirit, that's what it's for. And you only get, if you only get married on surface-based momentary things, your marriage will, will not go very far at all, spiritually speaking, as a Christian. If that's what you're giving your heart to, you're not going to go at all far in terms of the spiritual realm. True born-again believers must first be committed to the spiritual side of things. The, the, the endeavor must be spiritual. Before I look on the outward, I must find out that that person loves the Lord. And if that person loves the Lord, they're going to put the, the, the Lord first and they're going to wait. And they're going to tell my dad and have a conversation with my dad first. I want this to be done properly, as it were. I don't want to be defrauded and be dealt with in a cheap, base way. These things must be... A, a, a virtuous woman does not want to be defrauded and be cheapened like the dating culture does, does friends. Christian dating violates biblical truths because it is sensual in its nature and it defrauds a brother or sister by touching and kissing and flirting. A person that does that, then does not marry that person, has cheated them and stolen affections that were meant to, to be saved for one's husband. And friends, it's common, isn't it, in our culture? to go on one date or two dogs, two dates or three dates, and then break down all the boundaries that God has put in place. And Christians are doing this. These things, dear friends, these, th these things that are 
are the things that the Gentiles, the, 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 are done by the worldly people. They should not be done by Christians. You can defraud in this, this way simply by emotions, not even by the physical realm. You can defraud simply by emotions, by giving someone special attention, revealing secrets of our heart, as it were, talking a particular tone of, of voice, looking in a, in a particular way, and claiming ownership in a particular way over that, that person. This is to play the ungodly dating game and deceive and emotionally and defraud a brother and sister in Christ, isn't it? Now don't get me wrong, dear, dear church family. Uh, I'm not against young people. Uh, uh, and young people, uh, young girls, uh, women and, and young men, talking to one another and, and treating each other as brothers and sisters in, the Christ, in Christ. These things are good, but they should treat each other as brothers and sisters in Christ. And there should, there must be a guarding of one's heart for the Lord to keep pure, as it were, for their future husbands. And there must be a shamefacedness, as it were. Keep thy heart with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Proverbs 4.23 Keep thy heart with all diligence, with all diligence, for out of it are the issues of life. Commitment comes before both emotionally and physical involvement, doesn't it? Commitment. We see that with, with Isaac, don't we? With Abraham. There's commitment there. Isaac didn't even see Rebecca. And I'm not advocating arranged marriages. But we shouldn't laugh at societies that practice arranged marriages. Their marriages are far more stable than the West's marriages. I'm not for arranged marriages, but I'm for agreed marriages. And for biblically protected marriages. And uh, friends, commitment comes before emotional and physical involvement. That is only for marriage, isn't it? Betrothal is asking God to send you a husband or a wife and to provide the means in making this happen. That's betrothal, really, but there's lots more to it. Dating is chasing. Well, so I should say Christian dating is chasing after your choice by dating around, as it were, playing the dating game, and then finally asking God to make that person your husband or wife, rather than seeking God's will. Friends, God is not mocked. Whatever a man sows, thus will he reap. The dating culture spirit has led to the social decay of our society, from abortions, people will have had a child, or will kill this child, or murder this child, because it's not convenient. I'm not ready to, uh, and I, my heart goes out to, 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 to such, that the Lord may save such, to, from unwedded mothers and fathers, single mothers, child support issues, fathers, families and children, Family breakups, cheating, defrauding, deceiving. We see this and there's so much more, don't we? Because of dating. Of course, which is sin is behind it all. Biblical betrothal and courtship, on the other hand, focuses on God's will. Is this God's will? It's not about two Christians getting together. It's about whether this Christian 
is in God's will. Are we compatible, spiritually speaking? Are we going to complement each other? Is that going to support a man's ministry? Am I going to love my wife and encourage her? Are we compatible? Is this going to be to God's glory? This is a spiritual endeavor first before anything else, isn't it? It's a spiritual endeavor. Physical attraction and Hollywood-style love is one of the worst reasons to get married. It really is. How many times have you heard from worldlings that the, the reason they separated, they're separating is because they've fallen out of love? Proverbs 31.13 Favor is deceitful and beauty is vain, but a woman that fear of the Lord, she shall be praised. Friends, our children and our grandchildren are not one-dimensional beings, are they? They're not just flesh and blood. They have souls. They are, they are, they are, they're, mo- they're mostly souls. That need, those souls need to be protected by parents and church leaders and by grandparents. And that's where we get it all wrong, don't we? Their soul is the greater part of who they are. Dating violates the principle of walking by faith in God's word and not by sight. Friends, time is against me and uh, let me conclude really with the following. One may answer the question, what are young people then ought to do prior to marriage if they cannot date around, play the dating game? What, what are young people supposed to do? Well, the answer is very simple. Serve the Lord with all your heart and with all your soul by faith and commit that unto the Lord as with everything. Don't be distracted. Don't become envious at evildoers who prosper in thy way. Serve the Lord as it were. Go to sleep like Adam did. As it were, serve the Lord and wait for God by faith to bring that person into your life. Pray for your parents that God will give wisdom to them and means to them. For this. Pray for your parents for God to give them wisdom providing means. It's also important for young Christians and parents to get the spirit of what I'm saying here and not the law. It's, we, 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 we could be a, this could be a danger in everything. The, the, the spirit giveth life, the law killeth, doesn't it? We must get the joy of this. This is a, a joyous thing. The joy, well, I'm, I'm leaving this over to the Lord. I can serve the Lord wholeheartedly now. I don't have to go around moping with my head down, as it were, and begrudging because I've got to do this. No, I leave it all over to the Lord, and I can just concentrate on Him. And pray and leave all, not just this, but many other things. And just concentrate on serving the Lord. And He will bring these things about. Because I believe in it by faith. It's a matter of faith, isn't it? And finally, what if you in days gone past have failed the Lord? I have, in this respect. I've failed the Lord. Many of the things I've, sp- I've spoken to you about here, about defrauding, I am guilty of. But I know there is forgiveness with the Lord that He may be feared. And if you have defrauded people in such a way, whether it be physical or emotional, there is forgiveness with you. But you must turn from that lifestyle and those sins sins of the heart and mind. And you must mean it and forsake it and take hold upon righteousness by faith. There is forgiveness. And then a young person can know 
uh, of God's blessing and guidance and answer to prayer. And for us who are Christian parents and grandparents who have failed also, there is forgiveness with the Lord. Absolute forgiveness, full and free. And you can still influence your children and your children's children with these wonderful principles and protect them, be a salt and light to them in this respect. In, the, in conclusion, in the words of Romans 12, 21, be not overcome of evil, but overcome evil with good. I think that's a good principle for this and for the Christian life as a whole. The, the only way or I've learned over the years to overcome evil, besetting sins, inbred sins, is to live wholeheartedly for the Lord in everything. Pure, from the heart, every day, in my family, my heart first, my family, Church of Jesus Christ, and how that outpours. There's no other way to live for the Lord. It, it's, it's a wholehearted thing, giving every day, and including these principles. And so, I hope we take these things to heart. I'm glad just to see that our brother, Anthony, here is, has really taken to heart these principles and he's putting into practice biblical betrothal. And I'd really hope and pray that uh, we see the, the, the blessed fruit of this. And I do pray for our young people here and other young people that we can, we can encourage this amongst them and we can see the fruits thereof here and not have this ungodly dating spirit amongst us. And of course, it takes a great amount of patience for us. Uh, if other people come in to the church, we must be gentle and kind and, uh, and seek to teach them these things humbly. But let us stand our ground in this respect. Amen.